Welcome to the follow-up podcast. My name is Hayden. I am the worship director here at Arbor Church. And today we're joined by Allison Oconi, our community care pastor, Michael Solis, our children's director, and Cliff Tatama, who spoke on Sunday and is also our interim pastor. Let's hop right into it, Cliff. You, uh, this is the second week, correct, of um, priorities. That's right. And you focused on uh, battle strategies, is what the sermon was called, correct? Yes. And did that just happen to kind of coincide with Memorial Day um, on Monday? <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, another well-planned sermon series. Yes. <laughs> our, yes. our team here. Yes, yes. So that just coincided. <laughs> that wasn't the original plan? Well, you know what? We were talking about, I mean, there. when you talk about the Christian faith, there are, are a lot of things that we can consider priorities, right? Yep. And uh, and so there were, you know, three or four that we'd been thinking about, or that I'd been thinking about, that I knew I definitely wanted to do. The, and the Great Commission, we've got to do that, you yep. know, and and uh, God being a number one priority, we have to do that. What? So there's some, but then there's this, you know, certainly spiritual warfare or the fact that we are in the battle yep. is a priority. We need to be well aware of that, but it was more um, thinking, Let's see, Memorial Day, should we do something else? Should we continue with the series? Mm-hmm. And was kind of thinking through that, that uh, the thought of, oh, Memorial Day, battles, war. I don't know. I don't know how we actually got there, but. Another shout out to the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> he does it every time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> amazingly. Yeah. Just totally amazingly. Yeah. 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 Um, my follow-up question to that was going to be, is this something that you had planned what, during the series? But I already know that answer. So um, was this, in particular, you, it sounds like you have, out of this four-week sermon series, you have you had three originally planned, right? Or was it just two of the four that you had planned out? <laughs> well, no. Uh, I think we, I think we, when we, when, when we first saw this, this gap between summertime and when we were finishing our last series, mm-hmm. it was like that was about four weeks, and, I, and that was oh good, we could we could kind of fit something in there. Yeah. And then the question just was, should we do something that's three weeks and then yeah. do Memorial Day differently, or yeah. or whatever? And so that's kind of how that came about. Yeah, because I remember originally when we sat down and chatted as a staff, there was the idea that you wanted to do the story from Joshua, which ended up being neither, right? Um, Right. God, yeah, God first, yep. right? Yep. Yep, or neither is the other title. And then Go Ye, the Great Commission. Those were the two that I remember hearing very clearly. Right. And then obviously we know the story behind um, yeah, uh, Sunday's message. What is next week's message going to be? Next week, so we're going from uh, Job to Job, you know. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you had one job. One job. You got yeah. one job. Perfect. So we're going. We're going from the. You know that God is the first priority. It's kind of not my way or your way. It's only God's way. And then we we go from there to we're in a battle. And then we're going to what our responsibilities are. Yep. So the last two weeks will be what our responsibilities are. Okay. Um. We on Sunday. I think before your message, Michael came up and, and uh, hosted the service, so he was doing our welcome, and he shouted out um, he shouted out the podcast, but more specifically, he said, if you guys listen or you come here on a Sunday and you don't listen, um, we would love to open up the opportunity for you guys to send in questions. Um, and I know that some people, this might be their first time listening because they heard the plug from Michael. I don't want them to turn the podcast off because they haven't heard their question yet. So I think we should just hop right into that first question that was sent in, which okay. I think you have, right, Cliff? I don't think I've seen it yet. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. So the question, um, the question was, what, what, where does shame and or even mental illness mm. play into um, into battle strategies? Mm. And were so, they were they conjoined like that, or were they separate? Where does mental illness line up in? In yeah, I strategies. think I think the way the question was was more it was primarily shame, but okay. then kind of a also a thought that that okay. uh, dealing with mental illness, you know, and so I think what the, I believe that where the question stemmed from is I've worked through these things, but yeah. I carried shame for some time. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. about that. I think that a lot of people carry shame about a lot of different other things, right? Yeah. Um, mental illness is one, but Michael, you mentioned a couple of them. What were they? Well, I mean, you know, there's people who I've heard professionals who talk about sexual illness, mm. sexual challenges, especially when when people are younger, right, and don't really know where to go with either experimentation or whatever that they're mm. dealing with, and then because they don't know where to go, all they're left with is shame, right? And the I first think time, probably. We, uh, sorry to talk over Even you. Abuse. I was going to say, with that abuse, yeah. also with yeah. kids, the younger yep. they are, well, abuse period can yeah. bring a lot of shame. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. and and this is, I think, this is a great point with regard to really finding a way to have honest conversations with kids where they are, uh, they feel a place that they can go to be a, to approach with issues with regard to parents um you know safety for them so that there isn't shame that holds them back i think that was a great question right that someone sent in for sure it, it really is because it, you know and i and i actually wrote him an email back and said man i, I wish i would have thought of that because i would have wanted to include that even at the uh even if it would have meant cutting something else out mm. because uh you know shame is we hear about that in early on right uh, and Adam and Eve were made perfect, and they were naked and knew no shame. Mm, yeah. So shame was not is not God's idea. Yeah. So it comes from the enemy. So so then the question is, what's our battle strategy for that? You know. And I think if shame, you know, if if you're saying it's uh, it's something that you have you has really kept you down, and you see you see it as something that you lament over, then how do you change that to though I feel shame, yet I will. Or how do you move in the opposite spirit? And we talked about what's the opposite spirit of that. When the enemy puts you, makes you feel shame to instead turn him and go, uh-uh, I am not going to feel shame because Christ has forgiven me. I'm free. Yeah. And I don't need to feel this shame. I Even with the issues I have, I can come out with them and I can willingly go to him for healing and forgiveness. And he has made it clear, I don't have to feel shame for that. Yeah. I think one thing we've talked about frequently on the podcast has been um, a resource like Celebrate Recovery, where uh, shame, they say shame grows in the dark, right? Like you keep something hidden and it just grows and grows, like probably all bad things grow in the dark, right? Um, And so bringing them to light in a safe community like to confess yes. things one to another and and be healed in that environment and to bring something shameful into the light exposes mm. it. I mean to Christ's light, yeah. but also even yeah. literal light to the yeah. the community yeah. can free people from shame. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, the shackles that, of that. Yes. And I think I actually think now that you mentioned that, Allison, that um 
you know how the enemy likes to put spins on things. You yeah. mentioned mm-hmm. Celebrate Recovery. Yeah. And I think personally that Celebrate Recovery is a great place for all of us yeah. to deal with for whatever's sure. going on inside yeah. of us. Yeah. It is, you know, it is not just a Christian AA. It just yeah. isn't. It's right. so much more than that. Right. And I think he loves it to make it look like, well, if you've got to go there, there must be something wrong with you. You yeah. must, you know, you must there, it kind of sh- feel shameful about that. Mm-hmm. Instead of going, no, this is a place where we have mm-hmm. opportunity as the family to mm-hmm. get victory. Mm-hmm. And uh, around any brokenness. Around any brokenness. Yeah, exactly. I mean, any brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. If we're about to transition, I need to own something with regard oh. to those uh, those announcements. Yes, on I want to actually call you out on something. Yes, oh, wow. you go yes. ahead. First. I just I figure I, if this was the natural transition, this is a good place for me go to just go for it, Michael. I don't know why I said. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this. I don't know why I said that um, this podcast is available on our website. Oh no, that's not what I was going to do. So I got oh, another no. thing that oh, I'll there's a whole lot of other things. You, yeah. have, no. you were half right, Michael. There is a link we're gonna, that will okay. take you to YouTube, which will take you. So to I would just we're like spending to, the rest of this podcast just being able to just, just hammer me today. Yeah. Welcome, we're to your, it. welcome to your <laughs> performance review. Everyone who's watching the podcast for the first time, I just like to say it was nice knowing. You, <laughs> we're bringing it into the light. Into the light, Michael's yes, address. If you'd like to bring him a basket, no, it was or... so funny. I, as I'm saying it, I look over at Hayden, he's like, I'm, it's almost like, hey, go with it, man. <laughs> I'm like, um, but uh, Jonathan shot me an email going, well, it's on the it's on the website now, so great. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, oh I'm so good. sorry, Jonathan. That's awesome. That's and awesome. thank Go you Jonathan. for fixing my flub there. Okay. So, so what's the other thing? Well, the other thing was that our. Um, our summer is going to be spent like re- reuniting back with like as a church. We're yeah. going to meet in one service and then go hang out together mm-hmm. um, afterwards and just spend the summer reconnecting as a church family. And so Michael was announcing that June 20th, we're going to be starting that on Father's Day and how we would have this big party out there. And he even oh. said, like, I even think there would be a bounce house. And yeah. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, no not at that. all. I thought I heard that somewhere. In fact, I was like, that's another bouncy house day because I have a different yeah. bouncy house day. Yeah. We have big no, dreams and staff no, meetings. No. Yeah. So I had lots of people super excited. I'll volunteer for the party. And I was like, Where, wait, what party? Wait, no, no, Michael, no party. Michael's so fired. <laughs> <laughs> What's her? He only did that once, though. The bouncy house was only once. I don't One service, yeah. 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 One service. It was probably uh, the one where everybody August was 8th. at. I, don't, I have yeah. no shame in saying that one. I know for sure. None of us wanted a bouncy August house, 8th. but Michael really did in staff meetings, so he just said it on stage. <laughs> I'm the right size for it. we have to. How can we shame him? into the fact that oh no yeah. we gotta <laughs> oh man all this stuff all right. just flows yeah. out of my mouth well, bring, think, it, bring yeah, it back that was our uh, what do you want to call that uh, public flogging yeah. moment <laughs> that was our office hours this is you where I turn and hear, repent yeah. <laughs> yeah, we forgive repent. you yeah we are forgiven man uh, um, <laughs> Michael since you were just talking you came to me earlier before we started recording and you showed me just a plethora of questions. Would you like to break one of those out? Yeah. So, um, I, as I, as I listen to the message, I often just kind of write questions if, as if I were going to be shooting them into cliff through the week. And, um, and let's, I guess, you know, I'll start with one of them here. Okay. This one I thought was interesting. Um, we at cliff, as you were talking about Job's wife, 
Mm. Yes. She at one point in time says, why don't you just curse God and die? And it's actually in both services got to laugh because right. it's like, and you're like, oh, great example kind of thing. It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. ouch. Yeah. But the more I thought about it, I was like, okay, this is pre-Jesus, pre-Torah basically, right? It's before everyone was reading any of that. And if you think about any other idols or gods out there, if you will, that one might worship, there is a pact where it's kind of like, I do whatever worship or whatever for you and you provide protection wealth some sort of advantage and so from that perspective was she really all that far off with her thinking about how we would relate with god i'm not sure that um uh our god is different of course okay so to say well somebody who thinks of of idols this way therefore they should be able to think of god this way no i wouldn't buy that because they've got to realize how different our god is on the other hand you know to cut her some slack well first before i cut her some slack <laughs> i'll just say this i think that was another thing though that had to be so painful for job yeah i mean just to realize nobody gets it no one person gets it and and that had to leave him i mean i think it was such a challenge of his faith then because there wasn't anything else and ideally we would we would want our spouse to be supportive of us through that and uh whichever way that went on the other now now to cut here's where i cut her some slack she had 10 children they had all were killed yeah and if she's not going to experience some serious pain herself and some questioning god herself and i think that was her own story yeah and uh we don't we're not privileged to know the other side of that story or how she worked through that because the focus is job and his friends but um i i hope that she did and and you know um came through that on the other side but i that's when i you know I, i've heard guys really make give her a hard time and it's easy to do but i but when you start thinking about the pain that she was dealing with herself then i gotta go yeah gotta cut her some slack no it's it's true in, in fact some of my other questions revolve around losing the kids um and and it's it's in fact here i'll just i'll just do this i'll i'll throw them out there real quick and just kind of we can chew on it um, I, I want allison to answer the hard ones yes yes I'm going to, I'll ask a, a few of these real quick here. I'll just put it out there. Did, did Job possibly fail to teach his kids a reverence or fear of the Lord? Uh, talked about Job having to intercede or pray on behalf of the kids, uh, having sacrifices. Job 2.5, sa Satan says to God, um, he will probably not be faithful if you strike his flesh and bone, quote unquote, strike his flesh and bone. Is Satan suggesting killing or attacking Job's kids? Mm -hmm. um, I thought there, I, I put down, I've walked closely with families who've lost their children, and that pain seems to be so deep. Yes. And when you're reading Job, it almost reads so fast, like you just go right past, and then his kids died, and then what's next? And it's mm -hmm. like, well, wait a sec. If we stop and just really think about what was just happened and what was just said, that's huge, yes, like you're yeah. talking about. Um, it, Job talks about, this is my biggest fear. My question there was, is losing his kids the biggest fear Job is referring to? Mm. 
And then my last real quick is if losing a child or children are part of the test that is happening between Satan and God here is the message that God wants us to look to him even in the deepest pain of losing, quote unquote, flesh and bone. All right. Start at the beginning with the first question. <laughs> you, you threw a lot of questions out there. Yes. So yeah. Let's go one by one. All right. So number one, I put down, did Job fail to teach a reverence or fear of the Lord with his kids? Uh, because God, of course, was saying, have you seen Job? Mm. But for whatever reason, he didn't seem to impart that same, and this could be me just picking even deeper than I should. Um, he didn't seem to teach that with his kids because he had to intercede for his kids. Yeah. There, I mean, there's not a whole lot in Job about Job parenting his children. So I think... But I think like there was not a, any else anyone else alive that mm-hmm. was as righteous as Job. So it wasn't just yeah. his kids weren't like right. meeting some standard. Yeah. It was like basically every other living human yeah. being at the time also wasn't. So it was just that he was a spectacular, yeah. spectacularly righteous man. In fact, exactly right, Allison. He was, in fact, he was so righteous. I see it more as not that the kids weren't appropriate, but that he was saying just in case yeah. they didn't. Just in case they forgot, just in case they accidentally said something they shouldn't have, he wanted to see them purified. He wanted to offer offerings to God, burn offerings to God, because he was just that righteous. He was going to, he just was that focused on it all. So I don't think we would have any indication there of, of them not being. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I actually think. And now we're we're just guessing, right? <laughs> Speculation. Now we're time. picking. Yeah. Now we're, but I actually think that that they would have been in heaven. And the reason I do, and that's one of the reasons I believe that God didn't give him more kids, mm-hmm. right? I mean, He gave him more kids, but not double the kids. He still had them. He was still going to see them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. And um, so um, anyway, that's yeah, that's more righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. And I I'm probably wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought when the enemy asked for permission to touch his body, I thought flesh and blood was like his actual bl- body, it and, was, which resulted in the boils. It, it wasn't yes. so much the children. And it was after the children already. The children had already uh, okay, been killed. Yeah. So, uh, so he wasn't talking about the kids so at that So permission point. to touch the flesh and blood was, was Job himself. his own physical yeah. health. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And he probably would have killed him, mm-hmm. except that God said, okay, go ahead, but don't kill him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Take him all the way to the line. Right. Ah, right. To where he wants to be dead. Yeah. 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 Wow. Hard place to be. I'm I'm glad now that we're thinking about the kids and, and child loss. I was glad that you um made a point to remind us that like when you lose a child, like they're not replaceable, like right. cattle. Mm-hmm. Right. That, you know, wow, you can get some more herd of cattle or sheep yeah. or whatever, or riches. Mm-hmm. But human beings are not replaceable, and that the rest of his life was spent mourning the loss of his children. Even though he had other wonderful children to love, nobody is replaceable. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought you were, I love when pastors point that out. So it's not like, hey, wow, look, you got everything back again. Yeah. And wow, aren't you so happy? And, you know. Yeah. Right. This is your story. This is your song. You yeah. know, kind of thing. Yeah. It was like actually, there's a, a sorrow that yeah. he could, yes. carried until he, yeah. he was reunited with them again. And isn't that part of life? The more we experience life, the more sorrows we carry with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. You know that, um, and we can still rejoice 
mm-hmm. and be joyful and be glad, but we're just tempered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. We're wholehearted. We, we yeah. have um, such a composite mm-hmm. of experiences and emotions yeah. the older we get. <laughs> yes. So. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You guys will experience that one day. Yeah, that's what I'm. <laughs> yes, Michael. <laughs> and Hayden, listen, to, yeah. listen. Who's it's, especially when I do announcements. Yes. <laughs> yes. Never again. <laughs> did we hit? Did we answer all those questions? Is there uh, any more in there? I mean, I had a couple more, and and what's interesting is, uh, so it was not pr- priorities was what we talked about, right? Correct. That's the sermon series. The yeah. sermon series is priorities, and I was thinking with regard to Job, I feel like you could almost have added. And priorities and um, and perspective. Oh yeah, could have been the other right. part of that. And and the reason is because the more and more I listened to this and wrote down questions. Here's my last question: If God was is, and this is, I think, for me, the part I would often wrestle with when it comes to Job. If God is good, kind, loving, caring, why would God allow the pain that Satan inflicted? Mm-hmm. And my thought there went to, logically, it seems if natural causes of a broken world are the cause of hurt, pain, that seems different than God stepping aside and allowing Satan to wreak havoc on us. Uh, I quoted you here, God doesn't cause us pain to teach you something, but he uses your pain to teach you something. Mm-hmm. And so those feel like two different things. It's like we're we're part of a natural, broken, fallen world versus God going... Have Adam, you know, right? And right. so I figured I'd ask you if you want to speak to that. And with the reason why I said perspective is because for me, when I kind of I feel like what happens is in this story we zoom in on Job and we're in there understanding this is awful what's happening to him. But when you zoom way back to God's perspective, right, and see the the bigger picture of all that's going on, that changes your your view of all that's happening. Really, yes, yeah. And perspective is the right word because um, when we be, when we are earthbound, our perspective is that. So then we can't see, we cannot understand this Job thing. Yeah. But as believers, we've got to be able to step back and and say, Lord, help me to see it from your perspective. So obviously, from God's perspective, even though it was really painful for Job. God wasn't learning anything there. <laughs> he already knew Job's heart and mind, right? Job learned some things there. And as you read through the end of the book, you really see him learning things when he says, man, I, I'd heard about you, but I, now I've seen you. Now I, now I really know you. And he is just overwhelmed with how incredible God is. So that's the perspective that we have to maintain in the midst of that, that this temporal thing that goes on with us is so temporal mm-hmm. it although it informs what happens to us in eternity eternity is so much greater than this temporal thing and we and it's so difficult for us to have that perspective as believers i think that's one of the biggest things we have to struggle with and we have to intentionally struggle with it in order to keep god in his proper position and be comfortable with us in ours 
Yeah. And uh, so I think that's a really good way of looking at that. Yeah, it brings it back to what you said like a week ago, not my way or your way, but God's way. Yes, because yeah. I keep coming back to my way. It's so, it is, and, and, and we can do it. Allison was talking about, um, oh, I don't know if it was last week we were talking about or when you talked about the incremental off on the compass. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And when we get all tied up about what, this doesn't seem fair to us. Our idea of fairness has to be has to be taken and given to God to see it in the scope of eternity, because He is because if we believe He's He really is just and loving, if we really believe that He is a hundred percent of those things, then He's got a, He's got eternity to work those things out, and I've got to be able to trust Him with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because if I'm just viewing it temporally, we'll never get there. Yeah, we'll we'll be so many people that just drives me crazy. The the lack of logic when people say, well, I'm not going to serve a God that does. Well, mm. if he really is God, <laughs> and you're not going to believe him, or they'll say, I, don't, I can't believe in a God that does. Well, if he's, if he's really God, then maybe you better figure out why that happens or why he does, and not just say, I can't believe in one that is, because either, either he is or he isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, that logic of, well, he's not the way I think he should be, therefore I'll choose not to believe in him, is not logic. <laughs> it it, it, allow, it only allows us to see with our finite vision yes. of what God and who God is yeah. versus God's perspective and that entire Yeah, yeah. And we miss timeline. out on so much. Yeah. You know, and Job, oh, man, he went through the pain he went through. But then, you know, we didn't have, we, and we don't have time, you know, we talk about leaving, <laughs> talk about, talk about leaving a whole lot on the floor. Yeah. But because you've got to almost go to the end of that book, right? Yep. And you have to read Job's interaction with God and God just going, all right, now let me talk to you. Yep. Now let me show you who I really am. Yeah. And, and, and then, and then he just kind of whipsaws Job through that. Yeah. And Job ends up going, oh my goodness. Yeah. It's just, I guess that's where that so perspective, man. We we just need that perspective, and if we can be grounded with that, then all these other things that happen to us, they they bounce off a whole lot quicker. Mm. And uh, to me, Job's the epitome of that. Because yeah. here's the thing: God trusted Job, hmm. and I, I wanted to make this part of the message, and I we didn't have time. Um, I went over already, so. Uh, <laughs> but God trusted Job. Think about how much he trusted Job. Go ahead, Satan. Try him. Hmm. I know what he's going to do. Yeah. I've never, I, I didn't, I always kind of felt like, I think often when I read that story and growing up and early on, I, I kind of felt like, geez, <laughs> the guy's a nice guy. Come yeah. on, God, treat him right. Or you know, protect him. Or protect him. Like he's yours. He is yeah. yours. That's yeah. right. And and Satan says, you did. So mm-hmm. obviously God did. Mm-hmm. This When we pray, we always pray that it's a very Christianese prayer. Pray a hedge of protection around mm-hmm. them. But that's where part of where mm-hmm. it came from is mm-hmm. Satan saying, you put a hedge around him. I could not get to him because of what you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've protected him. And God goes, okay, I won't protect him. Mm-hmm. And a, he'll yeah. still be He'll still be have his integrity to me. It's so cool. It's there's a certain level of maturity that God trusts Job with. Yes, yes. Yeah. So in a way, in, in a way that seems almost perverse to us because we're so temporal, it was an unbelievable compliment of Job's faith. 
mm-hmm. and his integrity, that God would say, Satan, you can do everything but kill him. And yeah. I'm that confident in him. Mm. And uh, we look at it and go, I just as soon not. Thank you. <laughs> and I think I would just as soon not. Yeah. But yet I would, I would want to, I would want God to have that kind of faith in me. Yeah. In my relationship with him. That's so cool. So anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious. Uh, this could go down a rabbit trail, so I'll be more than willing to retract the question after I ask it. Um, <laughs> Cliff, do you believe in Joe being 100% literal? Uh, oh, wow. That, well, it's an inter- that is an interesting yeah. question. I, I guess I would have to ask what, what you mean by that. Did, did uh, it yeah. actually happen? Yes, I do believe it actually happened. Yeah, so you believe everything that happened a, in the story. There's a lot Job. of scholars that say it's allegorical. Yeah. Right, and, and I, I don't it, believe that. Okay, yeah, and I ask that because the small group that I'm a part of, we went through Jonah, and we kind of had the conversation of what what really happened and what didn't really happen, you know? Right. Um, and I think for myself, it's always healthy when I read anything for the first time or the first time in a long time, I take it 100% literal. Yeah, and then go back and say, okay, if this isn't literal, if this is allegorical, does it change how I feel about God or what I learned about God? Right? Oh, yeah. And because I think when you read about Job, you're seeing a lot of asterisks about God's, you know, what God normally did, right? Like God always put a hedge around people and always protected his people, and then you're like, but not with Job. But there was something we were learning through that. So I was just curious if you, if you believe 100. percent yeah, Literal. yeah, I really do, and and uh, I think it's it was God's way of giving us a peek into yeah. what's going on, mm-hmm. which is which. If you just look at it allegorically, it's too easy to to sweep that aside to me. Yeah, and um, I think it's I think the reason Job is in the Bible, and and there are scholars who believe it may have been one of the first books, um, but I believe the reason it's there is because it sets that groundwork for us. Yeah. And it's such a it's such a picture mm-hmm. of that taking place to think about the fact you know I remember I mean think about why in the world does Satan even have the right to go and do that mm. yeah but because he's the prince of this world you know and God's going okay I, I've I've put these things in place and I'm such a just God that when Adam hands it over I'm going to honor him handing over which is essentially what he did right to yeah. Satan when he sinned and so mm-hmm. suddenly it went from him having rule of the world to Satan having rule of the world. So we get this picture right here of how Satan's trying to, trying to continue that. Mm-hmm. And to me, it kind of sends shivers up and down my back when, it's, when he's saying to God, well, God says, where have you been? I've been roaming the earth looking at everything <laughs> in it. Looking it's funny that you said it, it might be one of, the, uh, one of the first books. Because in, in Bible college, we had a class called Old Testament Survey. And... Um, we had to go through and basically make like a handbook and, you know, themes, blah, 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 and then like date of writing. And Job was the only book in the Old Testament that just had three question marks next to it because it was like, uh, it could be here, it could be there. It, you really don't know where right. Job's at. And it's that's what I think makes Job so interesting is there's so much unique things that happen in Job that you don't see really happen anywhere else in the Bible. So yep. and it's a I very think, interesting book. I think part of that proves it's um, literal... Um, or it validates it yeah. because I marvel at the conversation he had with his friends. I yeah. mean, a 
his friends showed up and sat in the ash heap with him for days and days and yeah. days before they ever spoke up. They're usually given such a bad rap and you know that these guys were not speaking like encouragement or faith mm-hmm. over his life. But really, they sat in compassion. They sat with him as he's scraping boils, and they're weeping with him and mourning with him. Yeah. So that happens first. And then they sort of try and figure out, like, dude, how did things go so badly in your life? Like, you've lost literally everything except for your wife yeah. and, and your life. And so how could this have happened? Like, are you sure you didn't do anything wrong? Like, is this not a penalty for like anything hidden? Yeah. And like they explore that and Job's like, no, I don't like there's nothing hidden. Mm -hmm. There's no secret sin. And they kind of go through like just trying to figure out like what, what happened to my friend, you know? And, and I think that, if this were just allegorical, yeah. like it would be less um, real <laughs> about yeah. that, yeah. Yeah. trying to figure it all out. And even Job was just so downcast at the yeah. end, you know, like he yeah. was ready just to pack it in, cursing the day he died, yes. right? And the Lord showed up and they had their conversation. Yeah. So anyhow, it just, I think some of the realness of the awkward conversation with the friends yeah. and stuff. Fact, I think it just validates yes. that this is true. This is a true yep. transcript. Yeah, yep. I completely agree with you, Allison. I'm really glad you brought that up about his friends too. Um, yeah. Both sides of it. One, they got kind of hot at each other. Yeah. You know, so in, in, and if it was just allegorical, you, you, right. you wouldn't see that, you yeah. know? And, um, but the other thing is when I mean, I, I, I stop and think, how many friends do I have would would see you in pain, come and sit there for seven days with you in the pain and say nothing because yeah. they see how much pain you're in yeah. just to be there with you. So I got to give them huge props for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but God wasn't very happy with their erroneous advice because yeah. they kept coming back and trying well, to put it on Well, one of them did okay. Yeah, yeah. That one was of the them was one. fine. Yeah, and the then- youngster. The thing that I just loved and just am so mystified and touched by at the end was that part of Job's healing was contingent on him praying for his friends. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, what part of suffering, you know, and healing includes, um, like that you don't get a hall pass just to like throw everybody under the bus, (laughs) like pray for them, intercede for them. Um, like, love them and and that that helps with your healing too yeah so it was after he had prayed for his friends he was restored yes and god required said i'm not going to listen to you guys Mm -hmm. job will pray for you Mm -hmm. so he put it on job and job needed to do that still kind of in that place right yeah so um it is when you are in that place of being hurt by them, and they, I, I, I would agree with you, Allison. I don't think they hurt him intentionally, but they hurt him, mm-hmm. and uh, and now instead of just kicking them to the curb, God says, "No, I want you to pray for them." Mm-hmm. So He's actually got to pray, "Lord, forgive them mm-hmm. for how they've hurt me," mm-hmm. so that he would forgive them and then he ends up restoring stuff to Job. So, and dude, yeah. we talk about that in grief share all the time, and. This is like for people who've lost one person or maybe yeah. two, <laughs> not like you've lost everything and 10 children. Yes. Um, but invariably people say the wrong things and they mean well, but they just kind of blunder and mm. they wound you yeah. and in your, mm. in your 
pain mm -hmm. and how you do have to kind of pray for them and yeah. pray for yourself and return um, their pain with grace. Yeah. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's part of healing. Yes, it is. So. Yeah. So there's a lot we ended up leaving on the cutting room floor. Oh, yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, so I looked much. at the book of Job one time and thought, I, I, I wonder what it would take to actually teach through that. And I was on vacation and I don't know why I decided to do some, something so absurd on vacation, but I started looking through the book and reading back through it and was thinking, and I think if I recall correctly, I figured if I really wanted to do the book justice, I believe it was either 14 or 15 weeks you could spend on it. Whew. Really getting into their friends, yeah. really getting into the dialogue right. that was going yep. on there and all that stuff. It's a theology you know? of suffering. Yes, it is. In there. So yes. they're developing that theology or they're beginning to develop yep. the theology of suffering. Yep. Um, I have to just kind of chastise you okay. for uh -oh. picking spiritual warfare as, oh, you know, I, I, we have a lecture and then we have a lab as we call it, that yes. we talk about things and then we, in, you know, turn them over in our minds, but then actually we have to practice, you know, what we learn. Yes. And, Spiritual warfare was a real thing last week. It really was. So it really was. I tease you about like, can we talk about prosperity? Maybe. Yes. Like, <laughs> test I me in that, I, Lord. I, I tell the Holy Spirit that <laughs> I have so often said, Lord, you keep doing this to me. I'm going to start preaching prosperity doctrine. <laughs> Just the easy stuff, man. Yeah, it is so true. I and you know what? I for me, I, now so I pastored for a couple of years now and um and and I'm, I'm always trying to downplay how old i really am because i don't like that feeling but i know i know that uh if i don't get worked over on on a message yeah. Yeah. it's 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 not it's it, it you're um I don't, I don't know how to, how to put it. You're, you're missing the spiritual component. You're just educate. It's just education. Right. Mm. Informational Thank rather you. than transformational. Yes. yes. Well, I wonder how many people at Arbor had a heck of a week, you know, in spiritual oh. warfare. So they come like the staff comes. Like we come running to to the sanctuary here to learn about spiritual warfare after a week like that, because yeah. we're hungry and thirsty to know, like, what do we do now? Yes. You know, with it all. Yeah. Um, it's a thing where we understand it's reality and now what, Yeah, <laughs> you know? So I just kind of wonder, like if most of the people in our congregation also had a heck of a week oh, and that they would be, coming with a different pair of ears, mm -hmm. you know, to listen and learn. Yeah, and I think that is that is a good space for us, where I'm going to do it right now, just plug prayer mm -hmm. with our church. So I, I was just going to say, we, you know, what we really should do is we should, we, I know we're getting probably starting to get long. We ought to, we ought to, we ought to conclude this with that, shouldn't we? Mm -hmm. We really should, praying for the people who have experienced that and are mm -hmm. so that God can really get the victory in that that they go to him with it. Because if we don't, if we try to fix it ourselves, that's when we go sideways. That's when, when we miss the opportunity of growth that God wants us to get and that we can have when the enemy attacks us. Yeah. You know, I, I, I believe in this thing of, of when he comes after me to go and, okay, you want to come after me there? Then I'm going to ask God to really fix you. <laughs> well, and you gave us practical application for it, like to, Turn it back. What was yes. it? The opposite, opposite spirit. spirit to move in the yeah. opposite. That was spirit. that was yeah. great. That was very yeah. Cool. Yeah, and and you know, if if people who are watching the podcast don't know, 
we highly value prayer here at Arbor. Yes, yes. And so if there's anything anyone ever needs prayer for, feel free to reach out to, I believe, any one of us on staff, yeah. and we will definitely be praying for you. Mm. Yeah. So. Would you would you pray for people, Allison, who've been through that kind of stuff? Is, is, are, are Hayden, are we, should we? No, we can end with prayer. What? We can end with prayer, yeah. Okay. Let's, let's do that. All right. Let's pray, guys. Well, Jesus, what a week we had last week. Uh, you prepped our hearts um, by showing us how much we need you. And we know that there are so many people here at Arbor or who are listening right now, and they look back at their week and they think, wow, that was unprecedented, <laughs> to use that word. And I really did feel attacked, or I felt like I was slipping back into bad habits, or I felt shame creeping up and shackling me again. Um, whatever it is, Lord, that set those people's hearts and minds in a battle battleground, Lord, I just pray that the message of this last week um, would serve to loosen those bonds. And in this moment, Lord, as they're praying with us, Lord, I just pray that you would um, let your light shine into the dark places and that with exposing your light to those dark places that um, the enemy would flee, Lord, that they would be calling out your name and with the name of Jesus that uh, the enemy would give up, turn around and uh, flee from them, far from them, Lord, and that in this moment they would be experiencing peace and freedom and a lightened, lightened heart, lightened soul, and that they would recognize your presence and peace, Lord. Thank you for, um, for being our protector, our defender, and um, our liberator. We worship you and we love you. In your name we pray, amen. Amen.